visit geoal.com and learn how GeoAL implements next-generation intelligence advancement technologies to aid the Department of Defense with precision and expertise analysis. <laughs> GeoAL, the new era of intelligence. Welcome to the Veteran Business Collective Podcast. And we are back again. My name is Chase Roth, joined with Avery Washington, as always. It's an honor, Avery. Thanks. To be back in the studio with you again. I'm glad I could be here. So am I. Nice. And joined by the one and only Lindsay Cashin. Hello. Hello. It's good to be here. Is it? Well, it is. I am excited. <laughs> to be determined, maybe. No way. No, it's going to no. be great. Excellent. Well, we're happy to have you here. Uh, we're excited about it, being that we're the Veteran Business Collective, and we collect all kinds of things from businesses to nonprofits and that sort of thing. It's really cool to be able to say that we've had a, uh, an ongoing, unofficial relationship with the Honor Foundation for quite a while now, thanks to uh, mainly yourself and your involvement. So. Well, stems from the veteran population here and what all of you are doing but you are part of this community so it is a pleasure i'm so happy what what bbc has been doing and just you're going to continue to climb and do amazing things well we appreciate you making time in your schedule to come down and hang out and chat with us today i've heard from avery that you two uh have had past encounters through the honor foundation we did. Mm -hmm. Avery's yeah. an alumni of the program. It's true. It is a true thing. Not only that, so when I went, Lindsay was my coach. That's what I was When yeah. I went through, which is pretty cool. So it was interesting because there were various, like, I mean, there are different coaches from different industries for different folks. And I remember when I was applying I was going to be out of the military already, so I was really wondering, like, should I even do this, or what am I going to get out of it? There's always that factor, and I was so glad that I did it. I was already in real estate, which I'm still doing, but the tracks and the classes and the mentorship and the things discussed, uh, it, it sounds cliche, but were life-changing, realistically. I mean, even... Ironically, the, some of the biggest clients I have are literally by way of proposing ideas while attending the Honor Foundation, and it, a string of, you should talk to this person, and that's led to me having r relationships with some of the folks that I do the most complex deals with now. So a ton of value. I found a ton of value in attending, and and getting mentorship from Lindsay and Dave Polaris and a number of folks. So life-changing, most complex, biggest <clears throat> deals. Like, could you have asked for a better endorsement? No. You couldn't have paid for a better endorsement, honestly, right, probably? No. I'm, I'm here for you. You know, it's word of, it's word of <laughs> mouth, though. So, uh, okay, but from this veteran community, who is a better resource of pushing great resources out there than your word of mouth by those who go through the program and mm -hmm. who experience it? And well, well, clearly for an endorsement like that, you're doing something right. So let's back up for a second and just give you a minute to say what is THF and what are you all about for those that don't know. Yeah. So who are we? The Honor Foundation is a 501c3 
uh, nonprofit for the special operations community, solely laser focused on special operations as they are navigating career transitions. So we provide a three month free transition course um, and it's phenomenal because it's free. So we don't want anxiety of transition and added fees on that for the family. So mm -hmm. we're doing everything to make sure that when a fellow as Avery goes through the program, it's no expense to him. But during this time, what he's doing is having a lot of self-reflection on his values, what's important to him and her, um, what's important to where you're going next, what do you wanna do? Do you wanna make a lot of money and work long hours or do you wanna be your own boss? Um, and what that first phase does for us is really sets up phase two and three where then we go into the toolkit. It's building your resume, building your LinkedIn uh, design, how to effectively have an elevator pitch and tell your story. And storytelling is such a big part of the Honor Foundation because when you meet somebody, you want to make a connection. You want to have that inspiring moment where you want to follow up more and you want to learn more and you want to help somebody with what they're doing. So a lot of our focus for three months is how to effectively tell your story, tell your extraordinary career in the military community and what you've done, your extraordinary skills and how we highlight that through interactions and conversations, sometimes real formal conversations and other times it's just very informal over a beer at our campus or at a restaurant. Um, but we are trusted partners to the fellows who go through the program. We're so proud. We've got over 1,300 alumni nationwide. Some of them are actually overseas, I should say. We've got individuals over in uh, Stuttgart. We've got some in Spain, others over in Japan. So it's just, it's a great program. Three months of focused solely on the individual. That's, that's awesome. Sounds amazing. Um, question. So when you, you started explaining, you said focused only on the special operations community. Is there a... A reason for that? What's the... Yeah, well, a few reasons for it. But okay. how THF started was um, Joe Musselman was our founder. He was going through um, BUDS and he had a career ending injury. And as he was transitioning out of the NSW community, he recognized that there was not a focus on transition for these top of the top, best of the best veterans as they were going through um, what's next for them. So we took surveys, I shouldn't say we, the, org the organization at the time took surveys. They asked transitioning veterans, what was the hardest part of transition? What could we do? How could we serve you better? And about 95% of the respondents said that a deployment was easier than transition. And that was that aha moment that said, we have to do something better for our veterans and their families in transition. So it started out in San Diego and it was just on the SEAL community at first. And then as the program and alumni began to just have word of mouth of what strength the program was, as we began to grow in San Diego, we then opened a campus in Virginia Beach. So we had West Coast and East Coast SEAL communities. Then we focused here in North Carolina for the Marine Raider community. And then we have a virtual campus that opened next to serve everybody outside of a physical campus. And then we just opened our Fort Bragg campus. And why we're laser focused on soft is because over the course of a veteran's career from special operations community, the added training, the added deployments, the added uh, statesmanship, just uh, alone the liaisons with foreign governments 
interagency interactions. The training is different and the lifestyle is different. And I, you know, I'm coming from a family that my husband was fortunate enough, he served conventional and here. Um, so I could recognize the differences, but it really was just, what could we do to make sure that these individuals are doing something more than TAPS or the TRS class? What else could we do that's gonna understand this is what you did in this career. It's why you're so amazing. Let's help you get to that next role. It's just, it's easy. And it's, it's personal for me though too, because when I look at a military family and when I look at a fellow who goes through this program, I see my family. I see the ups and downs of deployments, the missed birthdays, the missed holidays, um, and the time where you need to reconnect with each other. So what could we do to help? Um, and that's why we do it. That's awesome. Yeah. How'd you get involved? It's very funny. Um, when we first moved here, I was working in the private sector at a, at a clinical research company here. And it was the first cohort that stood up in Wilmington for, the, for THF. I am a military spouse, like I just said. My employer asked if I could go down and talk to this group of raiders who were coming to visit to learn about company culture. And I kind of tilted my head and I said, oh, okay, why? I, I just want to know why. And they said, well, you're a military spouse. You'll know what they're doing. And immediately I was like, well, that kind of bucketed me into a, <laughs> okay. I know and, all things military. Right. <laughs> and, and I will say there was a maturity part to it for me where, oh, you just bucketed me into a category. And I've never associated myself in a category, but I'll let this go. Um, I walked into the room and I knew six of the guys in the class. Uh, okay, maybe they were right. Yeah, I was like, oh, maybe right. I do Bite fit in this category after all. <laughs> but what I what was interesting was I was helping my colleagues at the time more than I was helping the Raiders at the time because I understood what they had done in their careers and I was explaining to my colleagues how they could find value of bringing them in for employment, where they could fill that gap of leadership capabilities and just that agile, adaptable individual, how they have effective interpersonal communication skills, they're project leaders, attention to detail. They show up on time, they will not leave until the job is done. These are the type of people we want working here. So I asked at the end of the visit, uh, I asked their vice president of operations at the time, I said, what can I do to help? And I said, well, we need volunteers. And I said, what, do you, what type of volunteers? He said, volunteers are what drives our success. People who coach, who mentor, faculty, people who wanna have cups of coffee conversations. And I said, well, great, sign me up. I'm happy to do it. And I never looked back. I loved it. I hit a point though where I was working in the private sector and my hours were long. And I did middle of the night client calls to overseas and it hit me one night at dinner. My daughter said, you know, well, I guess I can't work when I get up older, have a family, own my own restaurant. And I said, well, why? And she goes, well, you can't have everything and be good at everything, case in point. And I'm like, oh, Ouch, huh? wow. <laughs> and I began reflecting and I said, you know, what is it about my job that I love? I love HR. That was my job. I absolutely loved it. But it was very transactional. And my time with THF, it was transformational. So I wasn't looking for a job. I was gainfully employed, 
But I called our, our CEO and I said, you know, what else can I do? How, how could I help more? I'm thinking about my life, my priorities, the kids, my husband's deployment cycles. I think I want to be a little bit more present there for my family. Mm-hmm. Here I am. Wow. Never looked back. Never would have thought I would be at a nonprofit. Um, but it kind of comes full circle because I'm doing what I love for a community that I love. Uh, and I'm still very much engaged with the business community, talking their language, still talking about leadership development, talent development, talent management. So it's, it's a, a win-win. I pick up my kids at the end of the day from school. I have a, it's, it's fantastic. No more uh, middle of the night calls to overseas? No more middle of the night calls overseas. However, um, I, I serve the virtual classroom too, so I've got fellows who are overseas. Um, I don't mind if I get a message late at night because I know it's the daytime for them, and I know that I'm, I'm that partner and that trusted advisor in this journey. So a two-minute response to a text message I'm okay with. So, I don't. I don't think you explicitly stated it. What What is your position with the Honor Foundation no. then? It's my position as the vice president of people. So For the whole thing, not just regionally or at this campus, but all the whole of thing. T- okay. Yeah, the whole thing. Um, I help the Raider campus here. That's one of the ones I help directly, and the virtual campus directly. Mm-hmm. So all the fellows that go through that program, I still partner with. I have one on ones with and I'm a very direct advisor to what they're doing in their journey and their family. But I oversee the people team, and it's not that traditional HR inward role. Um, It is very outward focused to our alumni, to our fellows, and to businesses. I am looking to build bridges to great opportunities for the fellows at no cost to the employer. Awesome. Yeah, just out of the authentic goodwill of, hey, we've got great talent for you. How can we work together to make sure somebody gets a job there? Yeah, absolutely. What would you say are some of your biggest challenges? So it's interesting. I think it depends on the region, what the challenge is. Um, Everybody wants the men and women we serve from this community to go right into those contracting roles or Mm. in that government GS space. But part of what our program is showing is we're opening that aperture to explore what else is there Um, where you can have a safe landing, not in the same community and same world. Yeah. So I think one of the obstacles at first is navigating those conversations, saying, yes, I know it's stressful getting out, but you don't have to take the role where you take your uniform off one day, go into a suit and tie the next, you know, pick and choose. You have a choice of what you want to do. Embrace that. Mm -hmm. So that phase one, that's the most challenging, I think, and we have this... You know, by week three, our fellows are either bought in and sold, or we start huddling as a team and saying, let's put a little bit more focus on John Doe because he's pulling back in class. He's maybe not being as vulnerable, opening up, sharing his stories. So it's a great, it's a team effort to make sure that we're overcoming those obstacles. In the corporate world, gosh, I think it just depends too, but there's more organizations that want to hire veterans because they see the strength of veterans. Um, They see the leadership abilities and capabilities. We just, today, we just visited two organizations here in Wilmington led by veterans. So um, it's fantastic seeing veterans take positions. Can Can you share what they are? 
Yeah, I was so. thinking the yeah, same let, thing. Let, let's hear Sorry. about it. I mean, let's give so them a we shout were, out. So we were visiting Venteca. So Ben Curran is their CEO um, uh, from the submarine community. And I remember when Ben took the job when he first moved back here, had a conversation with him, and now being able to see that he's CEO of that organization, simply phenomenal. Um, what do they do? So they provide the software platform for all of those homeowners associations okay, for cool. payments. Yeah, very interesting conversation. And you know, his mission right now is 80% of his employees he wants in Wilmington. Nice. So, yeah. Um, the second company was Encino. Okay. So Josh Glover, their mm -hmm. C, uh, their president from the Raider community, um, and Encino has just been a phenomenal partner to THF in terms of volunteers, um, passionate individuals who are just looking to do the right thing. So, and I think that that's important, finding those organizations that are embracing veterans and veteran talent, but then leveraging those relationships to get new ones mm -hmm. in new industries um, and, and branching out. If somebody comes to me and says, I'd like a job in insurance, yes, we've got employer partners, but if there's an insurance company specifically you're looking at, we're gonna work to make sure we've got FaceTime with that company in order to highlight an individual's talent. So Very cool. a lot of like, a lot of intel that you have to do on, on the companies too. A lot of business trends, market analysis to make sure that we're going in with the right information. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think those are the only two challenges. Fellow, joining the process and really embracing it, and then finding the companies that wanna embrace veteran talent. So is the goal education or is the goal also to, to have like a tangible outcome for the fellow at the end of it, like a job offer or something, or is it more just the tools to help them continue in their hunt or? Yeah, so I think it depends on where they are in their journey. Um, but what we want them to do is find fulfillment, how they define fulfillment. So if, if it's a full-time job, let's help them find that right full-time job where they're gonna have all of what they're looking for. If they want part-time, if they wanna become an entrepreneur, how could we share their resources to make sure they're having the right conversations? But if they wanna take time off and just enjoy being with their family, that's fine. As long as we've given them a little added insight into what's important to them and getting back down to why they are who they are. So what's that purpose that they have moving forward? So we are education. From my experience going through it, I think a big thing I recognize is it's it's sort of like a ref, uh, an informed process, a process where you're being informed and refined, right? So you have folks who may already know what they want to do, but it forces you to consider what your goals are, the outcomes you really want, what you do best some of your characteristics that maybe you don't even recognize come natural to you or you're not as interested in or or good at as you thought and just what your priorities are overall right so you have that range of folks where it, this it, this was kind of a question i had but you have that range of folks where maybe they're retiring right and they don't know what they want to do they're going to have benefits and a pension forever and they're still nervous they're mm. wondering, like, am I doing the wrong thing? Like, you have to leave. What do you mean? Like, you have no choice, <laughs> right? And they're still wondering, is this a bad idea? Yeah. And then you have someone else getting out at, I mean, I guess in soft eight to 
not 20 years or less, right? Mm-hmm. And the, and they may be more in that boat of the, instead of having a to-do list, they have a don't-want-to-do list. So helping them narrow that down into I do this best, I'm interested in these things, being energized about what I'm doing may be more important than getting paid very well for it, helping people narrow down th- some of those dynamics. And, and it helped me a lot, too. It forced me... I'm still doing what I was doing when I went through the program, but it forced me to really think about what my priorities were and the goals that I was laying out for myself. So it was it's kind of helpful no matter which side of that spectrum you're coming from. It, mm-hmm. uh, some Dave Polaris used to say that THF was not therapy, but it was therapeutic. And I, I that has always stayed with me because at the beginning of the cohorts, we ask our fellows, you know, what is the most challenging part when you think of transition? What comes to mind? And at first, in this word bubble, financial security comes up, um, location of where I'm going to live. But at the end of that bubble, when you really have all of the comments put in, it's a sense of purpose and a sense of community. And that's one of the beautiful things about THF is we're allowing individuals to explore what their purpose is going to be in their next adventure while holding very true to what they've done in this career that they've loved so much. Do they still want to work on a tight team where they know everything about each other, they're going to do anything that they can to help each other, or do they want to explore something on their own and just kind of take a step back? Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, we provide that community for them and that sense of support because when you go through THF here, for example, the Raiders, now you're looped in with a whole new group of Raiders you may not have known. And it's this tribe of support that you're you're giving each other. And I think that that's really important for individuals when they are transitioning to recognize that there are, in, there are groups out there that will help keep that sense of community and sense of purpose. We happen to be one of them. Awesome. Yeah. I didn't oh, have anything. There's Matt, Matt <laughs> I didn't have anything like to add to that. He would. Yeah, I like. I recommend it to <laughs> anybody I can think of. That uh, anybody that I meet that's saying they're planning on getting out, first thing I say is like, you need to apply to the Honor Foundation, hands down, definitely. And most of them have taken me up on it, so I'm definitely glad when I see that. I I wish something like this would have been around when I transitioned years and years ago but it wasn't so but I, and i hear that often especially here in wilmington that there was nothing there and unfortunately I, we're very fortunate that we've got this program now but at the same time one of the things we say is ask for help and mm-hmm. and be vulnerable to listen and mm-hmm. share a little bit about where you are in your transition and you'd be surprised how many people want to help you then. And, and that's the beautiful thing about VBC now, too. You've got this group of veterans in Wilmington who, at any point, another veteran can pick up the phone and call, and they're there to support and help and make connections and be be a battle buddy for them in whatever their next endeavor is or struggle that they're having with business or need to just bounce ideas off. That's the great thing about the veteran population is it's the support. And then from the spouse perspective, knowing that that's there, it's encouraging mm-hmm. because trans- we say transition's a team sport, but I can't tell you how many spouses I'm helping now 
when their husband or wife is going through the program, I'm helping their partner too. Mm-hmm. Because it's how can I help you get the job you want if you're going to stay here? Or, okay, you're going to move to Nashville. Let's find you both a job. If having a job for you as a spouse is very important for your identity, let's do that. I, when I moved here, I didn't have a job. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a stay-at-home mom, and I was good with that. I took time off, and I, I wanted to be there to raise the kids. And then once they hit that school-age time where I'm like, I could go back to work. I want to go back to work. I remember it. I was sitting at a uh, Whole Vets event. That's what it was. Oh, mm-hmm. that's awesome. I was sitting at a Whole Vet event, and it's where I met Matt Mylot over there. He had his red pants on. He was sitting on the panel. It was great. Um, you said uh, red pants? Red pants. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Red pants. No Fire idea. engine red pants. They've gotten faded over the years. Not a but More of a these. pink now, maybe? Yeah. Okay. A little salmon color. <laughs> um, <laughs> Matt, we haven't seen those yet, buddy. <laughs> you got to put them on, Matt. <laughs> um, but I remember the panelists, Matt included, was talking about the strength of veterans and just apply for jobs. And I remember I stood up and I said, well, what about somebody like myself? I'm a military spouse and I haven't worked for a few years. I've got a gap on my resume right now. What do I do? And for me, it was encouraging. Matt said, who do you, who do you wanna work for? We'll f- figure it out. And then I left that day with amazing contacts. And then I started working just a few weeks later. So, but if I didn't stand up at that event and be brave and take that bold, like raising my hand, I don't know when I would have gotten back to work. Right. Mm-hmm. No, that's a great point. You got to be willing to ask for help if you're yeah. if you're going to get any. Yeah. Absolutely. With with that though, because I think that's something talked about less often. The dynamic, the family dynamic, in getting out, it's normally really focused on the service member. So, what are some things you'd recommend people considering that have that to? Uh, that have that responsibility. I was single and kidless, so my thought was like, well, I just, I just responsible for not starving to death, pretty much. Yeah. And I've taken a few courses that leave me feeling really prepared for homelessness, so that's not really a concern, right? But a lot of times, people making that transition, it, they almost feel like they're putting their family at risk because of the things they're not certain about. Yeah. So, so what would you say they should consider and discuss with their significant other and their family in, in yeah. doing that. Those challenging and difficult conversations, I mean, mm-hmm. those that comes down to the honesty too between each other. What, what are you fearful of in this transition or what are those expectations you have of each other in it? But um, I think one of the big things in the journey for a family is knowing what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, once you've come to the terms of saying, this is what I really want to do, then it's finding the right environment for it. It's finding the right, if it's a company, it's finding the right company. If it's to go on to get, finish your undergrad or go to graduate school, it's finding the right school. And so that environment is what should drive a person for their next adventure. Who are the people you're working with? What are the, what are the values of the organization that you're looking at? How much flexibility is there. Um, COVID definitely shifted what a work environment looks like from hybrid to flex schedules to four days of work and that's it. So go in with the understanding of what you want to do and what is your must haves um, and keep those 
Like, you have that choice to do it, and I always say that. Don't limit yourself by giving something up. We have this exercise, and I think it's the second class, um, preferences and priorities. It's We've got these five options. Love what you do, love who you work with, live where you work, work reasonable hours, make good money. And the exercise is you've got to give up two. What are you going to give up? And I always throw the caveat in now. I say, this is hypothetical, but at the end of the day, you can have all five. It's attainable. And I love getting those testimonials back from alumni saying, by the way, I have all five. I'm like, yes, that's perfect. Like, you didn't give anything up. Nice. You found the right company, you found the right team, you did the journey the right way, awesome. That is, that's why we do what we do. And that, that's important. So I think knowing what you wanna do mm-hmm. and knowing what you're not willing to give up, because there's been so much sacrifice in this career, in, the, in this community, don't sacrifice, own it. Yeah, that's great advice. Mm-hmm. And, and tough advice to follow, I think, for a lot of, a lot of folks because they're used to that sacrifice just being a way of life. Like, oh, yep, another kid's birthday gone. Like, just part yeah. of just the way it is, right? And you don't even think that there's an alternative. You could just be there. You don't have to give it up for the job, for the paycheck. You could, yeah. you could have both. And it starts during transition, though, too. So, so many of the fellows who go through THF are still on active duty. So it comes down to what is your relationship with at your command mm-hmm. and your leaders. Um, across the commands, everybody's very supportive of letting our fellows get to class. We do class two nights a week from five to nine. So from five to six, we cater dinner. Six to nine is instruction. So they are leaving their active duty job for a good you know, hour prior to class start. But the other thing that I always say is moving forward, you know, hold your schedule. Do what you want to do make sure that you're going to own that and, and, and navigate it, embrace it, take that challenge along the way, but be willing to, you know, use your voice. That's one of the big things. Use your voice in order to attain what you need. And then I lost my train of thought. So it went somewhere. Well, I, I've got a new one. Oh, then. I found oh, it. You got it. Yeah, okay. I got it. Right. I'll see if I can remember yeah. mine then. Okay. So <laughs> just today was the example. Um, we can only say so many times to individuals, it, it's, it's going to be challenging, but trust this process that we're telling you. Mm-hmm. Trust the process. Trust the process. Um, hearing it from individuals we visit and companies and from volunteers, hearing it from our coaches to our fellows, that makes the difference because we provide that classroom environment, but hearing it from others, then all of a sudden you're threading together voice after voice of this is the message, your skills, your experiences, it translates you will find a job, you will find the university, you will become that entrepreneur. Um, so I think that's the beautiful thing of THF. It's that constant thread mm-hmm. of you can do this, trust this, trust us. Go ahead, it's on you now. Did, that, you, lose, did you lose your thought? No, I'm, <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm holding it, okay, holding good, it tight. Go. I was listening, <laughs> I've got it, I'm, I got it. So um, you're probably, aware maybe you're not but you probably are so uh one of my good buddies in the vbc um who actually uh 
received the Veteran of the Year Award uh, from the VBC this year, John Panichone, mm-hmm. with Fuller Capital, has set up a SkillsBridge program. And he has one of your recent alumni, at least one, maybe two. I don't know if the other guy from the West Coast is a THF alum or not. I believe he is. With could, could be. I don't, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember or not. But uh, so he's got, he has two right now working with him, which is such a fantastic opportunity. Um, internship with Fola or not, just spending time with John Panichone is worth its weight in gold. I've never sat down with him and not learned something. So those guys are are really well taken care of. But he took it a step further, and uh, he reached out to me and said, hey, I've, I've got these guys for however many months it is. I think for, in Shane's case, it's four. The other mm-hmm. guy it might be six. Uh, he said, but I want to leverage the VBC and our community to provide more value than what I can provide on my own at FOLA and get them some more exposure. So he came up with this idea, um, which we've put out there, but we haven't put into practice yet. And I don't know if you've, if anyone's mentioned it to you or not, so I'll bring it up. Um, it's, it's basically business ride-alongs with VBC members. So we have a ton of people in every industry you can think of, from financial services to insurance to uh, restoration, concrete, construction, every HVAC. Uh, we had folks today at handyman, rebuilding, uh, uh, pressure washing. Every kind of industry you can think of is represented, even just in Wilmington, much less our, yeah. our other locations. So the idea was take a fellow or any veteran who's transitioning or uh, recently transitioned, or maybe they transitioned 10 years ago. I don't know. It doesn't really matter, I guess. But I guess the focus would be on the active duty folks who are close to transitioning and saying, hey, if you're not sure yet and you're considering business ownership, pick four that you might be interested in, or five, and go spend a day with the owner and just yeah. go see what a day in the life is like. And and one of these, each of these different businesses that you're thinking about maybe running, what's your reaction to that idea? So I... I- I love the idea. I love the engagement. Um, We find that a lot of our fellows end up doing shadowing type experiences through what we have as our cups of coffee conversations. So they'll reach out to somebody in our directory or they'll, you know, do their own research on LinkedIn and find somebody that they want to learn more about their career. And as that relationship begins to expand and get deeper and deeper, they end up following them for a little bit. I think value added experiences for transition is important. So if it's shadowing, learning a day in the life of, I think any resource that is out there to match the needs of the individual, everybody should take advantage of those resources. It's, you know, transition's a tiered approach. There's a lot of resources out there. When you've got a group of individuals who are willing to share their time and talent, that is a win-win. Because not only is it information going down and knowledge going down, but the business owner is also learning from the veteran too. They'll mm-hmm. see something from a different lens, a new perspective, uh, and it's it's the right thing to do. So John's idea is a good idea. Awesome. I'll let him know he said so. <laughs> he usually listens. He'll hear it. <laughs> Send me an email. <laughs> Send you an email. So, right. I mean, that's the great thing, though. I mean, we've got so many THF alumni who are now going to VBC and joining mm-hmm. the meetings and... It, watching the networking that goes on it's kind of icing on the cake because it's great practice for what you're learning in the classroom at THF is going out and actually doing it then and that application part to it 
So what do we got to do to get THF to, to change their training days from Thursday to some other day of the week so you can uh, you know spend more time with us? So I think we did change it <laughs> moving forward. Did you? Did you really? <laughs> I think we were looking. Oh, yeah, wow, because, okay. you know, you, it, it's attending the networking events in the evening is a fantastic opportunity for everybody who goes through it. And, and it's, you know, a win-win for myself and for Chris Bannister, the program director, too, because we're able to highlight the talent and connect mm -hmm. the dots. Um, and we're a nonprofit, so we're just, we're operating out of the generosity of others. But here, when you know so many businesses want to retain talent, and when you understand the needs of the families we serve, that they've got kids in schools, they've lived here for years, they'd rather not pick up and move, how can we all work together collaboratively to make sure that we're keeping everybody here? Um, it's a win for businesses. It's a win for the schools. It's a win for the Wilmington community. So we'll change the schedule. So we'll uh, we'll get to BBC. Awesome. You heard me say it here. <laughs> it's on the record. On the record. Sorry, Cause, Chris. Because it's been a year, and it's like, hey, uh, you gonna see gonna see you next week at the VBC? It's like, oh, we have class on Thursdays. So like, Come on, just change it. Just change it. We have our graduation <laughs> next Thursday night. Do you really? Yes. Nice. Change it. <laughs> For the local, for the local Raider one. Because yeah. ne next Thursday is our, our April meeting. I know. And we have uh, we have some special guests coming in. It's going to be pretty cool. We have the uh, the Grunt Style Foundation folks coming down. Oh, okay. that's awesome. Should be pretty neat. Yeah. They were going to come in May, and then uh, we got notified that their their schedule had to change. So they're going to be here next week, and they're doing a really big effort on the uh, burn pit legislation. Yeah. So they're they're behind that and they're doing the uh, the traveling road show to help uh, support that. It's amazing the additional causes um, and initiatives that veterans and other veteran organizations are bringing forward for more to learn about. So the burn pit, yes, but then the uptick in cancer cases, the upticks in um, TBIs, and the results you know the lasting results of that for families. Uh, I think that. It's a wonderful initiative and a wonderful tool to start leveraging other veteran service organizations to make sure that it is getting publicized mm -hmm. of what's going on. Um, and veterans are very passionate about those causes too. So you've got a lot of voices behind a cause and that's important. It yeah, is. awesome. Well, we're, we're running short on time. Okay. So we've got uh, two more things uh, we'd like to ask you. Okay. One is, uh, do you have any sage advice, words of wisdom that you'd like to just leave on the table for our listeners? And they, it doesn't have to be related to anything we've talked about today. It could be anything Lindsay wants to share with the audience. Be you. I mean, be, be yourself in your journey. Um, be bold in your journey. I think that that's really important. Your journey in your current career, for your next career, um, be you in the relationships and the friendships you have. I think that when you are your authentic self and you find the right environment to be your authentic self, you will have nothing but success and happiness along the way. So may not be specific to, you know, THF career advice right now, but that's what I tell everybody. Just be you. Be, be yourself in this journey. No, that's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. That's one of the advantages to doing this is we get to hear things like that from people who have a ton of experience in all different walks of life and doing different things. So thank you for that. The last ask that we have of you is, is there anything on your uh, 
uh, must-read list that you could share with us? Um, a book that I continually go back to is Brief by Joe McCormick. I have not heard of that one. I haven't either. Oh, I'm going to write it down. Write that one down. It, down. it is a phenomenal book that truly just talks about you know lean communication, but it comes down to achieving more by saying less. Basically, it's it's that powerful storytelling tool of how to map out your story the right way so you're in the right amount of, of level of detail details. It's a phenomenal book. I go back to it all the time. And he has a second book. I haven't even read it, and I already know some people I'm going to buy it for. There you go. I have a Are personal... you looking at Avery for a certain nope, reason? No. Nope. Okay. Well, I have a personal question off of your book recommendation. It's interesting. So when I text people or email now, I will put it in bullet format. So it's almost like a punch list. I've had people read that before, and they either think, like something's wrong where I'm coming in hot and just telling them like just do this right like I'm upset or it comes off as cold is there anything from reading that book it, it, is there anything from reading that book that you think um, I don't know that shapes what you think of someone doing that what, what would you think of seeing that in communication, like professional communication, I guess. Well, I, I, you know, the written word is always hard because it depends on how it's received by the person mm -hmm. and the mood that they're in and, and where their headspace is at the time. But what the book highlights is it's not necessarily bullets that you have to write. You could actually get your, your point across in two or three sentences versus mm -hmm. five or six bullets. Um, I don't mind when I get an email with or you know text message with bullets in it because mm -hmm. it's a reference for me saying check check easy. Mm -hmm. But it it depends on the individual. Okay. Uh, it's also you know don't put something in giant bold. No bold letters. The, the, you know? <laughs> the, the thought behind it was I'm eliminating ambiguous context. Yeah. There's zero emotion in this. It's essentially a checklist. I do the same thing. Please and, and thank you. And part of the reason I do it is also because it makes it easy for someone to reply. Mm -hmm. Right? Instead of trying to pick through a paragraph mm -hmm. and respond to questions that are embedded within a longer text, it's question one is this. And mm -hmm. they can just reply right under it. Question yeah. two was this. And they, it just makes it clear and easy. But I've had the same reaction from mm -hmm. people that are like, why are you so rude? When I had... A ton of please and thank yous up front and a ton of mm -hmm. please and thank yous at the end, but I had a little list and Definitely. it made them feel like I gave them homework or something. I've, I've even yeah. had people call me after like, hey, I just want to make sure. And I'm like, I don't understand why you're calling. There's nothing wrong. But then I've had other people that say, <laughs> thank you so much for making it clear and easy to communicate too. So I think, I think Lindsay's right with it. just depends like... Just depends, but yeah, definitely my book recommendation. Brief. Definitely gonna nice. check it out, and before yeah. I even read it, I'm gonna I'm gonna send it to a couple people that could definitely stand being a little more brief. Christmas gift. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. I think we all know. Sorry a couple to all the receivers of the book. I'm I sorry. think I think we all know some people that once you get them on the phone for a simple like, hey, do you know about you know this one thing? And 45 minutes later, you're like. Are we still on the phone? <laughs> Why? They're getting this book just based on the name. It's a good one. It is a good one. The second book against it is Noise. Noise? So start with Brief. And then Noise? Same yep. guy? Same guy. All right. I'm getting both and, of them for a couple of these cats. And Matt, I'm sorry I mentioned your red pants. 
Sorry about that. I think he's changing right now, actually. <laughs> he's, he's going to put him on. Putting on but, his uh, uniform. Well, it's great having you. Thanks for making the time. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, thanks for doing what you do for our veteran community, active duty and veteran community, I should say. Uh, it's amazing to have people like you involved and, and caring as much as you do, not just you know clocking in and clocking out because that's how you earn a paycheck, yeah. but doing it because uh, it means something to you as well. And that means a lot to us. It's, um, it's my pleasure. It's me being me. Being me. I'm being you at, at THF. That's the great part about THF. Every single person on staff is there for the right reasons. Um, there's a connection to the community. There's a passion. Um, and we are successful when individuals transition the right way. Awesome. Avery is a, an ambassador yeah. to that, too. So. Thanks. Yeah, we'll have to cut that soundbite out in the beginning for you to use on the THF platforms because that was a pretty strong endorsement. I haven't been homeless yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Lindsay. It's Thank been fun. You. Thank you. A lot right. of fun. Bye. <laughs> thanks for checking out the VBC podcast. 